0: We're going to have Phase 2 coming up here. This is your friend Dennis Connor I went to you with courtesy of the Specialty Produce Network. And, and I'm going to talk about now about the 6-meter uh, World championships to be held in uh, English Bay at uh, Vancouver, at the Royal Vancouver Yacht Club. Well, first starting with the 6-meter, the class itself has been around for 100 years, uh, racing in uh, different configurations. Much like the uh, 12-meter class, it uh, it had some flat spots. And uh, when uh, Alan Bond won the America's Cup with wing keels, they looked into the rule of the 6-meter and said, well, why not? Let's have us have wing keels. So you basically got the 6-meter and the 7-meter class. You got the old 6-meter, like the one I was racing, 70-year-old, wooden, old, decrepit, and a uh, horrible, horrible boat to sail. Nice to look at. They're beautiful to look at. So you have the older boats. And then you have the newer boats with wings on the bottom of the keel, like on uh, Allen Bond had on Australia 2. We uh, had uh, separate rudders with a skeg, So they turned on a dime, not like the boat I was sailing, where the rudder was attached to the back of the boat. Uh, and uh, took four times its length to, to turn – especially around the lured mark, you had to practice, make big, wide, sweeping turns because there's no way you could get to the mark and just turn around the mark, and you could lose a lot of places if you didn't know what you are doing, which, of course, we didn't. So there was a, there was a lot to sailing the the, the the old boat. So as I was saying, the six-meter class has been around for a long, long time. My uh, boat was 70 years old and uh, uh, it was um, in... Need of uh, severe repair in almost every area. It it also leaked about 100 gallons a day. So when we came down to the uh, boat in the morning, the boys pump, 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 160 times. That's uh, about, I figured, about a a quart per pump. So 40 gallons in the morning. And then once you pull the running backstay on in any kind of wind, of course, the whole bottom of the boat was opening up. And uh, we could see the water pouring through from the outside to the inside I, I had a suspicion this might happen so I bought some flex tape. you can uh, you can apply it to a, a wet boat and it it stops water from coming in. So we we use the flex tape to stop the leaks but still between races another 100 pumps so in 40 gallons between races the, the boat um, you know 100 gallons of water, it's almost 800 pounds that uh, we were taking, excavating uh, from the boat. So it was leaking, but uh, not uh, in danger of sinking during the races. But uh, uh, the, the uh, mass was old and and badly in need of repair. The good news was that um, Eric Doyle from North Sales built uh, some beautiful spinnakers and a uh, lovely mainsail and genoa. Basically we used the same genoa from 0 to uh, 16 knots. Uh, we we liked it in all conditions because it it had uh, running backstays where you could tighten the the, the backstay or uh, tweak the mast with the with the permanent backstay. So we, we were pretty we felt pretty well organized uh, with a great crew. My sails were lovely. The boat looked like it was going to be holding together for the regatta. So we went out, uh, in the, uh, tune up regatta in, uh, light to medium air. And well, golly be golly, we were, uh, pretty quick. We could keep up with the fastest boats. We're, uh, quite, uh, pleased. And so we went on to, uh, win the, uh, first, uh, pre-regatta. And, uh, we won the tune-up uh, regatta. was uh, pretty poorly run, honestly. The race committee just couldn't get the marks uh, set. And when they did get them set, they, they messed it up by shortening the uh, course at the weather mark. And then they wrote the score down incorrectly, so there was a big uh, battle over the score. Didn't matter that much, but we kind of got screwed by the committee on the on the scoring. And we should have had a clear victory. In and, uh, and a mess, but uh, we were fast in the uh, light to moderate air, but uh, a little vulnerable when the wind came up because we really didn't know how to set our sails, how tight to pull uh, the runner and the backstays. So we were a little suspect uh, when the wind came. Okay, so now we've uh, won the two uh, pre regattas, and now the racing. Let the racing begin. We, we are uh, set to go. The first day, a little windy for us. We got two good starts, led up at the weather mark, but worked our way back down through the fleet, three times up, three times down, downward uh, wind finish. And uh, we went from uh, first to fourth in the uh, first race, but we felt, you know, pretty good. Second race, as the often happens in, uh, as the land heats up and In this case, the city of Vancouver uh, sucked the uh, wind in. By the way, Vancouver is uh, on fire from a standpoint of construction. Looks like the East River with all the building going on in downtown Vancouver. Quite the skyline. So as that uh, city and concrete downtown heats up, sucks the wind in, the wind came up, and all of a sudden it's blowing 16 knots, and uh, I'm kind of concerned... I made sure I wore my life jacket because if I fell in in without being a strong swimmer in a 40-degree water, uh, I hate to think uh, serious consequences. So I I was uh, very careful to wear my life jacket, encouraged my crew to do so. But when a six-meter, when you're standing down in the bottom of the boat, five feet, not much chance of falling in unless you're Peter Burton on the bow. And he can swim like a fish. So I wasn't worried about him. So uh, now it's windy, and just turning around the buoys, getting a start, getting uh, a line uh, coming up to the boat. uh, If you wanted to start at the boat with a big mess or start down the line a bit like we did, uh, and uh, another good start. And we get to the weather mark again in pretty good shape, second or third. Same story, okay downwind, because these boats go very deep. So if the course is skewed at all, if the, you, you're laying the mark, there's no jibe. So I think in the uh, 18 downwind legs that we sailed, there was only three that we actually had to jibe. I'll give you some idea, you know, the committee just could have been better. It wasn't Colleen Cook or Susie Graf out there. They, they needed help, and they, they, they messed up. But uh, it, it was what it was. So we uh, got to – in the second race, we got to the weather mark in a good sh- shape again and worked our way back again through the fleet, held on for a, a sixth place finish. It could have been better. It, looking back on it now, it wasn't just the boat. It was it was uh, myself and, and the sail trim. I pulled the sails in too tight, and the boat just got bound up and wouldn't really go through the chop involved in – a uh, sixteen knot uh, wind against, against the current. So now after the first day, we got we have a four six. The uh, king of Spain is leading with the uh, two three. So we're five points out of first, and feeling pretty good. So then the next thing that happens is um, light air the next day, the day two. And again, remember we're fast in light air, so we got a good start. With the help of Eric Doyle, uh, uh, and uh, I did a good job myself, we worked our way into a nice lead on the first beat, around the weather mark first and used our heads on the run and held our lead uh, around the course. And in an hour and a half later, we, we win the race. So now with a 1-4-6, uh, we're uh, tied for the lead with the king. Uh, in, in, of the regatta. So the, then came the beginning of the bad news. And once it starts, it seems to keep coming. So the right-hand end of the starting line was favored, and I decided, well, our conservative starts down the line we're good, but if we're going to win this with the king a little faster in a breeze, we it's t- time to get a uh, first-place start or a flying start, not just work the way through the fleet. So I decided to start at the right-hand end, And uh, unfortunately, uh, a uh, gentleman that can go unnamed from uh, Newport, uh, Rhode Island, a shield sailor, came down uh, barging and early at the line with nowhere to go. And he just uh, tried to make it all work. And uh, five, four, three, and he's over the line. So he bears off. He crashes into our boat, takes me uh, off the line, pushes me down to leeward. And uh, by the time we got untangled, uh, all he had to do was tack a girl around the boat and he was ahead of me. By the time we got untangled, we were next to last at the first mark in a race that we very well should have won. Uh, six, eight, ten knots to win. Uh, and we're last at the first mark. So while we were fast, especially the bottom half of the fleet not that good, we work our way back to 11th. And uh, we were kind of depressed because... With a one-eleven, it's just the same as two-fifths. And the uh, king uh, is still got, has got four uh, keeper races. And we have our work cut out for us. So we go, we go home, lick our wounds. We're in third place in the regatta, a few points out of first. And uh, we have a nice dinner. Uh, we we uh, Billy Trinkle barbecued some steaks, and Peter made a beautiful salad. And we were fit for a king. I doubt the king was eating any better. So the the next uh, morning, uh, we go to the boat early. We're all fired up. We think we're going to win this regatta. (coughs) And I'm riding down to the uh, boat, of course, in His Majesty's golf cart, uh, feeling like a uh, friend of the king, which I was. And uh, up comes um, Billy Trinkle and, and Peter Burton, with a somber look on their face, and they say, uh, "You're not going to need to go much further because we're we're uh, done." I said, "What do you mean we're done?" Well, it turns out that the mast at the partner, where all the fittings come out of the uh, uh, mast, the high, the main hired, <coughs> the uh, jib hired, the spinnaker hired, the topping lift, where all the exit boxes are in the in the mast, uh, where there's holes. And these holes uh, somehow with the mast bending back and forth, along with the pot rivets there holding the mast puller, all connected. And the bottom line was our mast is broken all completely uh, 300 degrees all around the, uh, the mast hole that was holding the mast up was about a half an inch of aluminum in the back. And at 10 o'clock in the morning, obviously, there's no way to repair this. And uh, so it basically took us out of of the regatta. And uh, you can imagine after all the work that you've heard me describe with getting ready for the regatta, uh, very, very disappointing. The good news was that um, I got to spend the rest of the uh, day with uh, the king and his entourage, his designer, and his secretary, and learned a lot about... uh, Spain and Galicia where the king keeps his boats Bourbon are the names of his boats and I uh got to hear about his new 6 meter which is interesting it's going to be a million dollar 6 meter it has a fiberglass mast the first one ever built by Tom Whitten at Southern Spars in Australia and the king has spared no uh horses on this for instance the the mast partner itself slides the uh, back and forth on roller bo- uh, bearings. So when you let the runner off, the, uh, the butt of the mast down at the, the step, at the, the very bottom of the mast, it rolls automatically aft, letting the uh, mast rotate around the partner, and the mast goes forward like four feet at the top, so much f- goes so far forward that you, the uh, spinnaker, uh, uh, the foot of the spinnaker drags in the water. So just uh, a t- incredible attention to detail. The uh, king... Sits, uh, with a, it has a wheel, so this is the first six-meter ever with a wheel. They all have tillers, and there's a seat there for the king to uh, sit on, and it's a, a leather-padded seat all around the back of the cockpit like, like an old uh, Cadillac tuck-and-roll. It's just uh, a beautiful sight. So I got to hear all about Galicia and, and the king's new boat, Uh, watching the race in his private quarters there at the top of the Royal Vancouver Yacht Club. And uh, I was king for the day while His Majesty was out uh, uh, doing very well in the races with the help of Ross McDonald, the star world champion, and uh, Peter Campos, the America's Cup guy, uh, on the boat. So the bottom line is that uh, King did well in that race and the the, the next day hung on with the 7th and 8th and won the regatta over a good friend of mine, the Goose, Eric Benson, and uh, second, and uh, Torben Grail, and his brother Lars, who are th- two of the top ten best sailors in the world right now. They're both one-star world champions. Tor- Torben's won as many gold uh, and silver medals in the Olympics as anyone, including Mark Reynolds. Wonderful sailors. So they were third. So uh, not counting ourselves, uh, one. the uh, uh, number one, Ross McDonald, sailing the King's boat, wins the regatta. Number two, Eric Benson, uh, sailing the Goose, star world champion. Uh, number three, two star world champions and Olympic uh, stars, the Grails, in third place. So one, two, three. So we, we would have been um, a good chance to win, and we was, uh, certainly uh, would have counted on being on the podium with our star uh, world champion crews. So looking, looking back on it now, the, the bottom line is here, no excuse to lose. You've heard me talk about that, and I've written a book on it. That uh, we, we know that uh, attention to details, having the preparation, the boat, the, the rules, the sails, and the crew, no excuse to lose, it, it has not changed. Instead, uh, this podcast could uh, be named "Every Excuse to Lose" because that's all I got—is a lot of excuses. So I'm very frustrated. I'm I'm disappointed in myself because my crew did a great job, and uh, I just uh, didn't prepare the boat uh, the way I would have if it was life and death or America's Cup. And uh, the the, the old mast uh, just didn't hold together for me and broke. And can't—very difficult to win a. Regatta without a mask. So take a deep breath if you're going to go away. And if you want to win, remember uh, don't come back with excuses to lose. No excuse to lose. So hope you found the away game uh, situation in- interesting and gave you some tips there on what to do, whether you're going uh, to go away to- on a trip, to a vacation, or to a regatta. There's a lot to it and a lot to be done to make your trip better. So thanks for listening, folks, and hope to see you again in another podcast from Specialty Produce Network. Thank you. Hi, this is Andy Bauman from Tom Ham's Lighthouse. I'm the chair of San Diego Restaurant Week. Please join us for San Diego Restaurant Week from September 24th to October 1st, with lunches available from $10 to $20 and dinner available from $20 to $50. Visit SanDiegoRestaurantWeek.com to see more than 180 restaurants participating in Restaurant Week.